Hello and welcome to the number 10 podcast, where we talk about the biggest moments in Major League Soccer and U.S. Soccer. I'm your host, Logan Aiden. We have had a lot of thrilling matches in MLS's back. There have been a lot of goals, comebacks, and intriguing stories. Now that most of the teams have made it through two matches, we're starting to see who will be continuing on to the knockout round. We will start out with Group B. The Vancouver Whitecaps and the San Jose Earthquakes faced off in the only match on Wednesday night. This was Vancouver's first match of the tournament. As for San Jose, they had already battled the Seattle Sounders to a goalless draw. This match was quite the opposite. The Whitecaps opened up scoring in the 7th minute when Ali Adnan received a ball out wide. He dribbled to the top corner of the box and ripped a shot to the far right post. 15 minutes later, the Caps doubled their lead when San Jose had a corner kick. The Quakes took it short, but it was picked off by Jordi Reyna. Him and Christian DeHome took the breakaway down the field. San Jose's midfielder, Judson, chased them down and tried to stop the goal. Judson's touch to defend the goal put the ball into the back of the net. Just before half, the Quakes cut the deficit back to one. Off of a corner kick, Christian Espinosa received a short ball that he served into the box. Andreas Rios found the ball and back keeled it into the back of the net. The second half got even crazier. In the 59th minute, DeHome got a goal of his own when the Quakes keeper Daniel Vega played a ball that was picked off by David Milinkovic. Milinkovic played the ball to DeHome, who put it in the back of the net. It is important to note that going into the tournament, it was announced that Vancouver would be about five of their rosters, including forwards Lucas Cavallini, Freddie Montero, and Toussaint Ricketts. After going down by two again, the Quakes made a quadruple sub, bringing, bringing on Chris Wondolowski, Shea Salinas, Carlos Fierro, and Danny Husen. These subs paid off in the 72nd minute when Wondolowski got his head on a loose ball in the box that went into the back of the net. In the 81st, Oswaldo Almas headed home a corner kick for Magnus Eriksson that leveled the match. Just when we thought the match was going to end in a draw, Sub Salinas dribbled the ball through Vancouver's defense and wheeled the ball into the back of the net. This goal was scored in the 8th minute of 9 minutes of added time. In the match, San Jose recorded 30 shots to Vancouver's 7 and had 22 corner kicks to the Caps' 4. With the win, the Quakes are atop of Group B with 4 points. They take on Chicago, who has 3 points in a game in hand on Sunday at 8 p.m. If San Jose wins that match, they will clinch the top seed of Group B. Vancouver plays a Seattle Sounders squad who must win if they want to advance out of the group. The winner of Group B will face one of the third-place teams from Groups A, C, or D, while the second-place team will battle against the runner-up of Group F. The next morning, FC Cincinnati and Atlanta United clashed in a match where the on-field action was not nearly as exciting as the implications for the remainder of the tournament. Cincinnati and Atlanta were looking for redemption from their first match losses in Group E. Cincinnati came into the match with a defensive mentality. They sat back and did not let Atlanta play balls behind their back line. In the 26th minute, Atlanta's Jake Mulraney was shown his second yellow card of the match and was sent off. Atlanta played the remainder of the match with 10 men. But that didn't change FC Cincinnati's game plan. They continued to sit back. In the 76th minute, Cincinnati's Frankie Amaya shot the ball from well outside the 18. It flew into the top left corner of the net. This goal was Amaya's first and enough to give FC Cincinnati the 1-0 victory. In stoppage time, Atlanta's J.J. Williams received a straight red card 
bringing the five strikes to nine men for the waning moments of the match. Through two matches, Atlanta has yet to earn a point in the MLS's back tournament. They are in danger of not making the knockout round. They have also dropped six points that count towards the regular season. Through the first two games of the regular season, Atlanta was the only team in the Eastern Conference with two wins. While there still is plenty of time to make up these points, if the league returns to home matches after the tournament, Atlanta have now dropped down to sixth in the East. They need to solve the issue of their missing pieces in fast. Without Joseph Martinez, Atlanta needs to find a striker to make up the goal scoring, and they haven't done so yet. Last season, Martinez was involved in 31 of the club's 58 goals. Beyond just Martinez, they lost Julian Gressel and Darlington Nagby in the offseason. Atlanta simply has not found a replacement for these pieces, and until someone steps up in those spots, they will continue to struggle. As for Cincinnati, the win gave Yapstam his first victory as head coach. While the win wasn't pretty, they got it, and now they have a fighting chance to make it to the knockout rounds. The winner of their next match will advance to the knockout rounds. In the 8 p.m. match on Thursday, we got an MLS's back edition of the Canadian Classique. Toronto opened up scoring in the 8th minute when Alejandro Pozuelo played a through ball wide to Richie Larea. Larea dribbled down the left side of the field and into the box. He created space for himself by cutting the ball from his left foot to his right. He struck the ball low and into the far post. Romel Kyoto responded for Montreal after he ran onto a through ball from Emmanuel Maciel in the 14th minute. He tucked the ball past Quentin Westbrook to level the match. Ten minutes later, Pablo Piatti laid the ball wide to Pisuelo, who played a low ball into the box. Ayo Akinola one-touched the ball into the net. Last game, the 20-year-old had scored a brace against DC. In the 35th, Chris Mavinga fouled Kyoto in the box to give Montreal a PK. Safir Tater finished the penalty kick. But after that, it was all about Akinola. 14 seconds after the ball kicked off, Pozuelo played a through ball to Akinola, who finished to the far post. Akinola earned a hat-trick in the 83rd when Westberg punted a ball that was flicked on by Nick DeLeon. Akinola bumped Raitala off the ball and chipped the ball into the back post. This was the first hat-trick of the entire MLS's back tournament. Akinola is playing in this tournament as a replacement to Josie Altidore, who is building up fitness. Altidore had to quarantine for two weeks when arriving back in Toronto for full squad training, per Canadian law. Altidore will now have to compete for his spot with the current Golden Boot leader of the tournament. One interesting aspect about Akinola is his nationality. He is eligible to play for the United States, Canada, and Nigeria. At the youth level, he appeared for the U.S. under-15s, 17s, and 20s. At the U-17 level, he scored 24 goals in 25 appearances. When international soccer returns, he will likely have to consider what nation he wants to be capped to. In stoppage time, Montreal received another penalty kick that Tater put away, but it was not enough, and Toronto came away with the three points. At this point, Toronto leads Group C with four points, and Montreal has yet to get a result in Orlando. Back in Group E, Columbus Crew C and the New York Red Bulls clashed to see who would take the top seed in the group. Both teams had two different strategies with their lineups. Columbus rotated their starting 11, making five changes from their last game, including bringing on Pedro Santos, who didn't, wasn't able to dress last match. The Red Bulls, on the other hand, did not make a single change. The changes served helpful for Columbus, who took a lead in the 22nd minute. 
Chris Cadden threw the ball into Santos, who turned and took his space. He slipped the ball into Jossie Zardes, who placed it to the bottom left corner. This was Zardes' fourth goal in four matches in the 2020 year. Eight minutes later, Zardes had another break when he laid off a pass to Derek Etienne Jr. Etienne was off balance and hit the ball into the side netting. But Etienne redeemed himself for the 47th. He broke through a tackle and ran down the field. Etienne cut the ball back to the top of the box and laid it off to Lucas Delarayon, who drove the ball into the back of the net. Columbus's defense held strong. Led by captain Jonathan Mensa, the crew did not allow a single shot on target for the entire match. With the win, Columbus sits atop of Group E and has clinched a spot in the knockout round. Additionally, Columbus sits atop the Eastern Conference standings with 10 points. The crew will face off against Atlanta on Tuesday and will likely earn the top seed of their group as their goal differential right now is 6 points. As for the Red Bulls, they remain in 2nd place in their group. They will play FC Cincinnati on Wednesday evening. The winner of that match will secure a spot in the knockout round, and the other team will have to hope that they get enough to advance in that 3rd place spot. Back in Group C, the New England Revolution looked to take the top spot in the group in their match against DC United. The refs took the lead in the 51st when Christian Panilla's shot was deflected. Adam Busca found the deflection and headed into the back of the net. In the 69th minute, DC subbed on Federico Higuain for Edson Flores in a move that helped DC earn the point. In the 72nd, Higuain picked off a poor pass from Antonio Milnar Delmia to goalkeeper Matt Turner. Higuain slipped the ball into the back of the net. Last season, Higuain was part of Columbus. He tore his ACL in May and sat out for the remainder of the season. At the age of 35, it was unclear whether or not he would still be effective, but DC took a chance, and so far it has been quite effective. Higuain has two goals off the bench so far in the tournament. With the draw, the Revs sit in second in the group off of goal scored. They are set to face Toronto in the morning match on Wednesday. The winner of that match will surely take the top seed and play a third-place wild card from groups A, B, or F. As for DC, they still have control of their destiny. If they win, they will likely get the second seed, or at worst, one of the top-seeded third-place teams. They will need to win the match for it to be guaranteed. A tie would put their fate in the hands of every other group, and a loss would certainly edge them out. They will face Montreal on Tuesday at 10.30. If you were watching the D.C. New England game, you probably missed a thrilling group D match against Sporting Kansas City in the Colorado Rapids. Colorado opened up scoring in the sixth minute when Kellen Acosta ripped a shot from outside the box into the back of the net. The Rapids held on to the lead through the first half. In the 61st, Colorado won a man down when Danny Wilson received a red card for denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. SKC took advantage of being a man up in the 65th when Luis Martins served a ball that was headed out. Gadi Kinda saved the ball from going out sent, and sent it back across the box. Kyrie Shelton found the ball wide and volleyed it into the net. Kansas City gave themselves a lead in the 72nd after VAR ruled that Diego Rubio committed a handball from inside the box. Alan Polito tucked the ball into the back of the net. One minute after the goal, Colorado went down to nine men when Jack Price received a red card for a foul in abusive language. But that didn't stop Colorado. In the 84th, Kai Kamara played a ball wide to Jonathan Lewis. Lewis dribbled the ball down the left side towards the box. Just inside the box, he struck the ball to the far post to level the match, two men down. 
In stoppage time, SKC received a corner kick. The ball bounced around inside the box until it popped out to Graham Susie at the top of the 18. He hit the ball that was then deflected off the Colorado defender and into the net. With the win, Sporting Kansas City are back in the race for one of the top seeds. In Colorado's, MLS's back future is now in jeopardy. Part of this future would be determined by the result of the Real Salt Lake versus Minnesota United match. Both of these teams earned wins in their first matches and would clinch a spot in the knockout round with a win. However, the match was pretty deadlocked. Both teams had 10 shots, two on goal for RSL and three for Minnesota. As for goals, there were none. The match ended in a nil-nil draw. With both teams having four points going into their final match, if they win, they will take the top seed. RSL has the advantage with goal differential, but they face Sporting KC in their next match, who's only behind them by one point. Minnesota is set to face Colorado, who will be looking to earn their first points of the tournament. The winner of Group D will play the wildcard team from Group B, E, or F. The second seed will play face the winner of Group E. One final note, with this draw, every single MLS team has dropped points this season. Minnesota, who had had three wins before this match, had dropped points. That is all for now. I will be back tomorrow with the quarterfinal update from the NW Self Challenge Cup. Spoiler alert, there will be lots of great goalkeeping to talk about, upsets, and PKs. I will be back soon to talk more MLS is back, including an Orlando edition of El Trafico. Thanks for listening to the Number 10 Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Aiken. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. Until next time.